Listen to Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. My guest this week is Simon Hanselman. He's most known, I guess, for his Tumblr Girl Mountain, uh, featuring the adventure, several different storylines, especially the adventures of Meg, Mog, and Owl, which can also be featured or seen featured in comics workbook uh, .tumblr.com, Frank Santoro's uh, Tumblr anthology. I don't even know what he calls it. Um, <laughs> with uh, Truth Zone, the uh, extremely inside comics, uh, meta comics critique thing. I don't know how to describe it. It's a sitcom. It's a sitcom. It's it's SNL. It's my it's the comics version of SNL. Oh geez. So. Uh, <laughs> That's. I just read on the. Uh, I've been reading the uh, SNL uh, oral history book. Uh huh. And it's, it's interesting. There's a lot of uh, a lot of bad blood in there. Yeah, I, I like the Larry Sanders show. is one of my favorite shows ever. I like all that backstage. Uh, yeah, late night gossip. That world. Yeah, he he. Uh, or Larry David. I was gonna get Larry David, and Larry Sanders confused. Look at me. I'm not even starting well. Um, <laughs> do you like Larry David? Yeah, we're we're both pretty high right now. So. Uh, I don't actually um, for uh, Vancouver. <laughs> I don't smoke weed. Oh come on, Robin. I'm I'm sorry to say. Uh, you know. I I got I got said part in the mail yesterday by Breakdown Press. Um, the guys who did that window pane book. Oh yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. I, I got a package addressed <laughs> to Truth Zone, and it, there was a bunch of weed in there, and they were like, hey, man, like, you know, read this book, but smoke all this pot first, and my girlfriend was kind of pissed off because it's her parents' uh, P.O. box where I get stuff sent to. Like, her, her dad's, like, a banker and stuff, and I had to, like, oh, do you mind if I use your P.O. box and have stuff addressed to Truth Zone turn up, and he was kind of confused, and, and then she was like, what are you doing getting drugs sent to their fucking P.O. box? But, Yeah. It was pretty amusing. It's the best mail I'd ever got. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a nice comic. Yeah, it looks really good. It's uh, the best Rizzo sort of book I've seen recently. Like, oh, thickness is really nice, but thickness is nice. Um, but part of the charm of thickness is also like the content of it is just so stellar and filthy. And he's got yeah. like a lot of A-level folks. And this one, it's just uh, I'd never heard of the guy who did it. And it's no, just... me either. I'm assuming he's British. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got a copy at Brooklyn, and I was leaving a, a party at Bergen, and the one of the guys involved kind of grabbed me as before I... And now I don't even know who that person was. So if you're <laughs> listening, email me. I really like the comic. Um, <laughs> why don't we talk about your comic, Simon? Yeah, okay. Uh, now you are in... Is it Melbourne now? Yeah, Melbourne. Melbourne. Um, but you're originally from Tasmania. Yes. And uh, yes. I, I'm really curious. I know nothing about Tasmania other than uh, an episode of Jackass. Uh, <laughs> or no, it wasn't even Jackass. It was the uh, 
the spin-off. Oh, spin Wild Boys or something. It was Wild Boys, yeah, where oh, they uh, feed the uh, the Tasmanian Devils, um, I don't know, it's like chicken carcasses or something. Yeah, Tasmanian Devils will eat anything, like tires and stuff. They sound like witches. They're quite frightening. And now they've got all those tumors. Just, I don't know if you know about that, that big plight of the Tasmanian Devils. They have all these mysterious facial tumors. That's crazy. I think Warner Brothers actually stepped in at one point, even though they've misrepresented the Tasmanian Devil for years. Uh, they they ponied up some money, but yeah, I mean, Tasmania it's uh, it's kind of horrible. I, I always sort of slag it off and disparage it in interviews, which I feel bad about. But it is kind of awful. Just I don't know. Just yeah, just a backward kind of aging white population. And I went to school with several people who were inbred. Like, people would make all those inbred jokes about Tasmania. Like, uh, in the, the mainland Australia here, that's the thing. Like, everyone in Tasmania has two heads and are inbred. But I actually went to high school with three people whose parents were cousins. And it's, it, I don't know. It's just kind of a backward place. But I thank it as well because I think it's informed my writing and my dysfunctionality in a, in a positive way. Like, I'd have nothing to write about if I wasn't born in this weird odd place it yeah kinda, your your biting sense of humor yo yeah my, my yeah i'm hilarious <laughs> my depression dysfunction based humor yeah but yeah i had to go back to tasmania recently for a month and stay there like uh my my mom's a drug addict and uh like she she almost died pretty much. I had to go down and like get her into detox and it was like really fucking heavy. And uh, yeah, I, I just didn't enjoy it. I just being trapped there for a month and having to deal with this really heavy shit. It was, it was yeah, a, a hard time. But there's nice places there too. There's beautiful caves full of glowworms and a, a beautiful mountain that I used to live under. Rent's cheap. There's, you know, lots of noise music and some great comics people. But overall, I just, yeah place pains me <laughs> yeah now you're I, I'm really curious about how you're so kind of open about your family there um it's, I, I, I don't know it's some like just, yeah I, I don't know I may as well talk about it I mean it's in all my comics and stuff generally so I feel like it's fairly obvious I'm a big blabbermouth I mean I'm high all the time uh, so I just <laughs> I blather about things, like you know, just you're, you're my therapist for an hour. Uh, <laughs> you know, help me, Robin. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, and I guess it's cultivating some kind of ridiculous uh, public persona, like you know, maybe it'll make me interesting or something. Like I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I'm just bad socially. I guess a lot of anxiety, and I blather things. Like I, I, we, we had a. I think Pat Grant talked about it on here a little bit when he was on a while ago about the National Gallery of Victoria residency and I just got sort of drunk in alleyways the whole time there and really high and then when the big newspaper people came in I took my shirt off and was just all deluded like I was the Danzig of alternative comics and told all these rambling stories to the newspaper about my mum's methadone program and they didn't run it. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I just I kind of like burning bridges and just being odd, I don't know, it comes naturally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Was this something you were dealing a lot as um, as you are growing up? Were you pretty isolated by yourself, or did you have... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I had a few friends and stuff, like a core group of friends when I was growing up, but uh, they all kind of dropped off, and in high school I kind of just became a loner like my Friday nights I just like drink whiskey and watch Mr. Show and Sybil and uh, stuff on cable because my mum finally like got cable because she was dealing drugs and had a lot of extra money so we suddenly had cable and stuff uh, yeah and I just drew comics a lot I mean I've been self-publishing shit since I was eight I just uh, just always been obsessed with comics which I think is somewhat a coping mechanism and like art therapy and just this beautiful escapist world and, and I'm kind of just obsessed with it through OCD. Did you have, um, were you aware growing up pretty much early on of what was going on around you? You mean with comics or like life? I mean, life. My, my mom and stuff. With your mom and stuff. Um, yeah, I think, 
when I was like nine or something, I kind of, you know, cottoned on to what was happening. Cause like, you know, my mom would like have, I don't know, like she'd sort of pass out for a few days in the bathroom with the door locked on the inside and my nan would have to get me off to school and, you know, something was obviously kind of wrong and I found out and yeah, I don't know, my, my yeah, people have criticized my mom for telling me so early, like my girlfriend, like, you know, kind of like she shouldn't have told you that early, but... I don't know. It was a cautionary tale. Like, I've never used needle drugs or anything. Like, I smoke a lot of pot, but, uh, yeah, I, I've just, I've seen my mum's friends crawling down the, the front steps, you know, begging mum for drugs and just, you know, certain friends of hers, like, you know, shooting stuff up in their eyeballs and between their toes and find, like, month-old methadone in old orange juice rotten behind a heater and then, like, heat it up and stuff and Tang. just... Just yeah, just horrendous sort of horror stories. Which I don't know if I even I'm going if I'm talking too openly about this and I'm freaking you out and you're like I just wanted to talk about comics, but yeah, I'm blathering. No, it's I, I'm really interested about this because I mean it's it's a, <laughs> it, and if you knew what I did personally in my life for work, you know it doesn't really shock me. Okay, so, you're some sort yeah. of social worker, or uh... I've done that kind of stuff for several years. I still do part time. Right. So. Well, this is like therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have you and Evan Dorkin on together. <laughs> uh... Um, so I take it you wanted to get out of Tasmania as quick as possible. Um. Yeah, but it was hard. I mean, I didn't get out until I was twenty six or something like I lived with my mom until I was about 19 or 20 and then I moved down to Hobart down the opposite end of Tasmania because I was in the north in the second largest population a shitty shitty town and I moved down to Hobart the cooler town that uh, yeah a bunch of dudes lived in and almost most most people move to Melbourne that's just the rite of passage in Tasmania you just get the fuck out and you go to Melbourne because that's the closest mainland major population cool city but I, I went to Hobart, and uh, it, it was nice, but uh, I was, yeah, I got out. I was glad to get out. You went to uh, art. Did you go to art school there, or did you go to art school at all? No, I'm a high school dropout. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's I, I okay. I got in trouble for self-publishing comics in high school, like all these weird comics about like running over old ladies and lots of sex and drugs and just really spazzy stuff. and. Yeah, I got shitty and just sort of quit. Were you uh, able to get your hands on any interesting comics at that point when you were a teenager? Or? Yeah, I, I'd been trawling secondhand bookstores since I was like eight, buying old mad magazines and just, you know, obsessed with comics. And then reading superheroes for a few years. And then I met these cool stonery dudes that lived down the road. Like, I was 14 and they were, like, 21. And they were all into, like, the sub-pop sort of grunge scene of the time. This was, like, 94, 95. And, yeah, they were into hate and eight ball and all that shit. And just the whole fanographics thing. And that just all blew my mind. Just, you know, drawn on quarterly stuff and, you know, Acme and stuff. I think Acme... Four had just come out or something, the big cat head one, and that was mm -hmm. just mind-blowing. And I feel like I haven't changed since that time when I was 14 and I discovered all that stuff and those guys, and I'm just sort of the same person but slightly different because I'm still just doing the exact same thing, just obsessively drawing comics and obsessed with that world of alternative comics. What would your comics look like at that point if I was to find a Simon comic from... Um, excessively cross-hatched uh, incredibly poorly written just misguided terrible like I, I've worked quite hard at my pacing and like trying to have this fluidity with my stuff like I, I don't I just let it breathe and be as long as it needs to be I don't try and condense things but yeah looking back at my old work which I think I've thrown out most of like I went to my mum's recently yeah and I, I couldn't find a lot of it but just, yeah, copiously cross-hatched. Uh, then when I was about 18, I started doing this uh, uh, dick joke kind of comic that got vaguely popular in the Australian scene. It was, it was called Cap and Schemes, and it was kind of like Tintin, but they were just trying to get free hand jobs. That was the whole thrust of the comic. So, so they'd, like, hide in an arcade in a cardboard video game cabinet with the, the penis as the joystick and stuff, and... 
and then it blew out and it just became this huge series and they were like traveling back in time to get a hand job from Jesus and uh well that was the evil character there was even like an evil version of the captain and yeah it was terrible like really badly drawn and again just pacing issues and yeah I dread somebody like scanning that stuff and putting it on the internet like you know yeah <laughs> it's a matter of time now yeah, pretty much. People still call me the cap and schemes guy, and it's like that was like 13 years ago. Like, stop. Uh, you know, I had my whole dream comics phase, like when I was like in my early 20s, and then I worked on this big autobiographical sort of semi dream based uh, bad fiction mishmash thing, which I got a quarter of the way through, and now I don't want to finish it. But I spent like five years on it. It's 244 pages. And That's full cool. Color. That's Girl Mountain. That's Girl Mountain, yeah, but I sort of just don't like it anymore at all. And I've got hundreds of pages of Megan Mog stuff to do, and there's a whole big series of movements that that goes through. And, uh, yeah, I got a lot of stuff planned. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but my next year is just like, yeah, it's all laid out for me. I know exactly what I have to do, and it just involves not leaving the house and... Just being strapped down to my little $10 sale Ikea table that I draw on. I'm the most unprofessional cartoonist in the world, potentially. <laughs> I don't know about that. I've seen some... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I guess Chester Brown used to have that dirt floor uh, basement thing with all of his warped books and drawing on a wooden block. So The, the dirt floor has been debunked. <laughs> oh really? Yes, it, 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 it was just filth and just. It uh, was. Uh, it it <laughs> was uh, apparently it was Joe Matt that spread that rumor, but it wasn't actually <laughs> dirt floor. It's just uh, decomposed business cards of prostitutes lining the other uh, floor. Anyway, <laughs> I, I like making I like making really horrible Chester Brown prostitute jokes. I did a few in Truth Zone about like him fingering old meth heads and stuff. But, I don't know. I do stuff like that sort of hoping someone will say something or it'll ignite some sort of controversy. But I think all that's going to happen is you're never going to have anything published by Drawn and Quarterly. Yeah, probably. But I, I don't know. I just, I, yeah, I grew up in the 90s with comics and things just, I felt like things were meaner then. Things were just more caustic and kind of fucked. So I don't know. Have you gotten anyone um, upset at you over Truth Zone? Um... Yeah, Alvin Bonaventuras like seemed vaguely upset about that Dan Klaus one. Like he made this weird sort of sort of passive aggressive comment on the official Dan Klaus like Tumblr. And I was going to make a truth zone about Alvin already, kind of being like Klaus's wife these days, and like running his website for him and picking up his kids from school and. But yeah, I, I just I decided not to do that. I mean, I've already I've just verbally done it on the radio, but. Uh, I just feel like I don't want to piss him off now. Because he sent me, like, you know, like a, a message a few weeks before that saying, oh, I really, you know, like his stuff and blah, 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 and do you have any books I could get? And so, you know, but yeah, but then he seemed weirded out by that Klaus thing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no one's been really pissed off. Fanographics seemed funny about the one where I called them Disney graphics. And, you know, but that was just, I don't know. I, I think uh, there were probably yeah. sub laughs over that. Oh, I'm I'm sure. I think they were just being sarcastic, and you know, knew I was just being sassy. But you know, like I you know, like I said, I'm a weird and anxious guy, and I smoke a lot of pot, and sometimes I get a bit paranoid and kind of like, oh fuck. Yeah, Truth Zone is really weird for me because I don't know. I, I've slowed down with it. I'm only doing like three a week or something now, which is is good still, I guess. But I wish I could do it daily. But I just yeah, I went around Truth Zone fifty. I just sort of had this weird like nervous breakdown over it it's like a miniature sort of panic and just thought it was terrible and I feel like it is starting to just be a caricature of itself and I don't know I want I want it to do something special I'm just waiting for it to for some wave of inspiration and do something special with it you I, I feel like you're kind of doing this and you're calling yourself a critic um in it, especially yeah. the last one. Oh, I the, am. I'm. I'm the. I'm the best fucking critic <laughs> in comics right now. But like, I think, I'm, like, I'm the guy. <laughs> what's What's the importance of satire in criticism for you? Um, I have no idea. I really. I mean, the first truth zone sums it up. We're just going to get really high and talk about porno comics. <laughs> it's just that simple. <laughs> 
yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just yeah, just I'm just making criticism fun. I don't know. I don't really enjoy blustery criticism and I don't know. I, I'm bad with criticism. Like whenever I walk around an art gallery, my my criteria is like you know, I'm really high right now. Is it cool or does it suck? Like that that really bad lazy criticism. So I'm not the best guy to you know, despite doing a, a semi-popular criticism-based comic, I'm not really the guy to talk to about criticism. <laughs> I, well, I was curious because, I mean, you went and put yourself out there saying you wanted to do reviews of work, and yeah. I don't know if that's uh, genuine or um, being um, one of those I mean, guys going, give me free comics. Well, it was, it was a meta-type critique on the fact that I mean, websites like the Comics Journal, they're like, you know, hey, send us all your stuff for review purposes, and they don't actually review that much stuff. I've just noticed on a lot of review websites, they just very, only very periodically review things, and there's nowhere that really comprehensively reviews everything. So it's, you know, I assume people just have piles of stuff that they just throw out and they never review. So as well, just, you know, send me stuff, and I, you know, it's it's basically a scam. I'm admitting that this is a scam, and your comic <laughs> will not be reviewed, and it'll be a waste of your postage. But, you know, thus far, I got a package from Coos, or Coos, or however, however you pronounce Coos. it. And I, I, I yeah, Coos. And I, I reviewed that, and I got this thing from Breakdown Press with uh, drugs included in the package, and I will definitely review that. So, you know, so far my track record is, yeah, I've gotten two packages, and I... I will be reviewing them. So, so it's real. It's real, Robin. So, Send me uh, your books and I will review them. If you, if people want to be <clears> reviewed, <throat> maybe include like a sheet of blotter acid or something? Or Yeah. I mean, yeah, presents. Although don't. I'm going to put that out there. Like, you know, I, I love it and it's hilarious. But uh, yeah, my girlfriend got funny about it and don't send drugs to her fancy banker father's P.O. box. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, you know, if they, yeah, if, they, if they'd opened the package and it's just like... Fuck. Okay, yeah, I feel weird because I talk about all this shit really openly and part and stuff in reviews, uh, interviews, but they have no idea and they're, they're quite straight and they're, they're lovely, very normal kind of, you know, <clears throat> ex-Catholic kind of people and I don't know, I'm just their, their daughter's weird, flaky, strange, anxious boyfriend and I, I'm shocked that they don't know already that I'm a big pothead, maybe they do, but anyway... They I'm sure they won't be listening to Ink Starts. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just a Google away. All they have to do is just Google me. And like, oh, what's Simon up to? And, oh, fuck. <laughs> but, oh, well. I'm just rolling the dice and just, you know, whatever happens. I don't know. Well, I'm sure she knows what you're up to. Yeah, my girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's not too happy about it. She's always like, can't you just quit smoking pot? And I said, well, I've been doing it since I was 14, Jess. I, I don't know. It's, you know, it's, it's integral to my art practice. I'm going to make every excuse under the sun. And But yeah, I think about it a lot, especially with my mom recently. Like, I you know, book her into detox and see her go through all this stuff. And I was hanging out with like her like sidekick junkie friend the whole time. And she also has issues with drugs and her children. And just got me thinking about the whole thing quite deeply and you know I'm, I'm turning 31 in like a week and a bit and I need to you know start getting healthy and stop eating like you know two large pizzas a day and you know I'm this I don't know well that, that was just a couple of weeks ago I ate two large pizzas in a day one for lunch after I went to therapy and then my girlfriend was like can we get pizza for dinner and I was like uh I guess and I felt really sick the next day like, I gotta get healthy, Robin. So that's, <laughs> that's like in a few in a few years, Megan Morgus is gonna be this like totally health based comic, and they just go to the gym and just yeah drink power shakes and breathe fresh air. They're gonna, that's what I'm hoping. They're gonna become bicycle enthusiasts. Yeah, recumbent bicycles. Oh Jesus Christ! I hate them and, already. Yeah, Gatorade bongs. <laughs> now. I feel like looking at your work, um, looking at the Girl Mountain, and then like the Megan Mog stuff. I feel like inspirationally there's a shift between the two. Like you would I feel like somehow Paper Rad came and like beat you up <laughs> and just like shit changed. And I don't yeah, know, is that I'm, well yeah, I discovered I, yeah, I discovered Paper Rad in uh like two thousand three or something and went pretty fucking nuts for them. And 
Yeah, I started the Girl Mountain thing in like 2005, and that was my big auto-bio thing. But on the side, I was drawing some hideously paper-rad rip-off-looking things. Like, I, I couldn't stop myself drawing triangle noses for a long time, and it got quite bad. Uh, I mean, yeah. In 2008, I got into a weird flame war with uh, Victor Cairo, the Bald Eagles guy. <laughs> Like his his girlfriend like called out me and my friend Grant on uh, MySpace at the time and just, like told us we were assholes and we were just like shameless paper rad ripoffs and we sucked and you know it was kind of mean of her I think and it got kind of heated and Grant called her a cunt and then Victor came in he was like how dare you call my girlfriend a cunt and because uh, in Australia we kind of flippantly throw that word around but I think in North America it's kind of like a no no it's a lot but, different yeah. here. He started yeah. like sending us very weird rambling uh, emails, and, and it brought my girlfriend into it, insulted her, and said that she drew like uh, Michael J. Fox in an earthquake, which is a pretty good line. I'm not going <laughs> to begrudge him that, but yeah, I'm wary of those guys. Like, I feel real bad. Like, they seem like nice people, and they seem kind of cool, and I'd enjoy hanging out with them probably. But they had sort of attacked us on MySpace, and, and you know, I, I see what they were talking about, but I don't think our stuff was that paper ratty. I mean, I think. I was more of a CF ripoff at the time, and um, I mean Grant was drawing these weird ornate kind of Disney drawings about cystic fibrosis, and I don't think our content was ever anything to do with paper ad, really. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, you can argue that Megan Mog's pretty similar in a way to like you know breezy Stoner comics, but I, I feel like I'm defending myself now. I'm going overboard. But yeah, I, I do okay. love Paper Rad and all that shit and Fourth Thunder. It's obviously a huge. I mean, it's been a huge, huge influence on everyone. Like. I went to Iceland a couple of years ago and walked into a gallery and, oh, Ben Jones is having a show here. And like, oh, no, it's just someone who draws exactly like him. <laughs> I, I saw someone made a comment about Kramer's Ergo a few years ago, like, oh, the new Kramer's Ergo is coming out. You know, I think Sammy Harkham said it, like, you know, see what all the Europeans will be ripping off next year. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard. I, it's like... Ben Jones perfected some perfect style of drawing or something, and it's really fun to draw. Like when I've done drawing workshops with kids, and I worked in a primary school in 2005, and it's just a really simple, fun way to draw. Well, it's and, simple and fun, and it's also um, using symbols. If you know yeah, I mean. like really, like you can you take these ideas that for someone like your age or mine. Um, easy to identify with like you see this you know it it's it's a familiar concept and you kind of roll with that yeah or do you mean like with Megan Morgan stuff how it's like a you know pastiche of a children's book or or just symbols in general it just just modern pop culture symbols yeah yeah like Megan Mog aren't so much but I mean paper rad I mean that's one of the reasons why it works so well is it's just it's uh kind of in the zeitgeist yeah yeah, I've, I've worked hard trying to beat those influences out the the last few years, but now I just feel like a horrible CF ripoff as well. Like I, I realized that Owl looks like really similar to that fucking Owl in a, a Kramer's Ergo in some CF story, and just got really paranoid. I had a weird email exchange with CF. I was like asking him to do a panel for this Acid Megan Mog comic that's coming up, and like a, a bunch of people were doing like Harkum and Negron and fucking. What's his name? DeForge are doing panels for it, and I was like, "Oh, maybe CF will do one." And he wrote back to me and literally just said, "Nah, man." Just two words, "Nah, man." And I got really paranoid and weirded out about it, and like uh, sent him weird paranoid emails about like, "Oh man, owls look similar, and you probably think I'm just some guy who wants to fuck you." And I'm ah. And he was kind of nice about it and sent back, like, you know, no, it's cool, I'm just busy, and, like, linked to some YouTube video, and, you know, have, here's a funny video for you. <laughs> it's, it's that cat that sticks his hand under the tap. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I also just, like, I don't know, I, I feel weird about these stylistic, like, influences, but I also kind of don't care, it's just whatever. I'm, I'm pretty high, I'm having fun, I'm essentially drawing these comics for me. You know, it's great now that heaps of people like them, and I've got you know shitloads of Tumblr fum- uh, followers. But I don't know. People can criticize me. I don't really care. It's not going to stop me. You know. You're kind of one of the Tumblr is interesting for me because like you're one of the cartoonists who's really their fame is defined by Tumblr. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's like, we're right now seeing cartoonists still trying to figure out how to use it. I know Frank Santoro had a really, you know, it took a while to really grasp it. And, uh, you know, then he eventually just jumped in head first. Um, and for a lot of folks, it's just tum- tumblers or tribute things to use. But mm. you you really latched into it and kind of understood it in a way. No, not really. I, I no. don't know. I didn't have a computer until like 2009. Like I just, you know, I was too poor growing up to have a computer and feel like way behind in computers. Like I could barely operate a computer. But <clears throat> I was on MySpace for a bit. But then I, I, yeah, I just got sick of self-publishing and just really shitty and just put everything online just kind of haphazardly. I, I didn't understand it at all. But and I just got lucky. I don't know. I got some quality reblogs or something, and just shit went viral. I, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of happened. I yeah, I'm certainly no master of it or know what I'm doing. I, I guess I just I had a backlog of work. I mean, I had hundreds of pages of old Megan Mog comics, and I just sort of put them all up. And I guess people were just like, "Where the fuck did this guy come from?" And there was a, a, a bulk of material, and I guess it was generally fairly fully formed. So just you know, here's an entire graphic novel, basically. Mm-hmm. Have fun with it. Just read that, and people did. And I don't know. Because I yeah like my friend Michael Hawkins over here I've like I've known him since like for for ten years since Tasmania we used to do an anthology together and he's one of my best cartoonist friends and I, I prodded him and pushed him to get a Tumblr and he did and it looks real good but it just it kind of hasn't taken off in the same way like you know you, yeah you have to be lucky or something like I I don't understand why his Tumblr hasn't also exploded. Mm-hmm. I get very obsessed with the ratings. My friend Grant as well. Like we we watch the time zones and we try and upload things when um, you know the most people are going to be online in America. Like so, I guess I I do play it calculatedly. I guess I do vaguely know what I'm doing because I have figured that out and you know when to post things, when's the best time, and just and just you know liking people's stuff. Like I found so much great stuff on Tumblr. There's so many good people doing things. So. Yeah, I guess my friend Michael isn't doing that. He doesn't go on Tumblr. He doesn't like posts. Mm-hmm. I feel bad sometimes because I don't reblog stuff. Like I, I feel like people are reblogging me and like check this guy out, and I never return the favor. But I mean, people can always look at my likes, like Girl Mountain slash likes or whatever, and that's kind of my alternate alternate Tumblr of you know stuff that I think is cool. Well, the nice thing about your Tumblr is one of the few ones where I've gone through recently, and I've been able to go through it easily. Yeah, well, the idea it. initially was to make it a book. Like, I just I wanted it to serve a, a website function, and I wanted it. I mean, like when I read, I used to fucking hate web comics and think they were just horrible. And it changed when I read Body World online. Like, I just thought Dash for sure just like killed it with the endless scrolling, and it was really easy to read and got me really inspired. I was actually in a slump at that point, and I hadn't drawn for a while. I was in the UK and kind of depressed and working a shitty job and. And I had to finish Girl Mountain. I had like 150 pages of it to go. And uh, yeah, I read Body World and just got super pumped and, and finished that off. And and just haven't looked back and haven't had a slump since. I remember when I was getting ready to interview DeForge recently, and it was a pain in the ass for me to find all the Ant comics and read them in order. Like I'd yeah. go back in the Tumblr or in his WordPress, and it's not conducive. No, so yeah, I tried to make mine the easiest interface as possible, and I wanted it to be a book. Uh, yeah, it's like if people want to read uh, all the Truth Zones, you know, they're all just mixed throughout Comics Workbook or whatever. But you can do tag stuff, like you know, tag search Simon Hanselman or whatever. It all comes up. So I don't know. DeForge needs to work on his tagging. I don't know. He's an <laughs> unprofessional guy. He, you know, talk about just, slacking that kid. Yeah, I, I get a bad vibe from that guy. <laughs> no, he seems like a sweetheart. I, I talked to him on Skype. Like I skyped into some Santoro con in New York, and I was getting passed around on an iPad to like I don't know Negron and Lala Albert and Aiden Kosh and all these cool people. And that was a couple of months ago, and it was kind of stressful. I kind of freaked out, and they could see me, and I couldn't see them, so I was just a head on an iPad. <laughs> and it was like it was like five in the morning for me, and I drank a bunch of like vintage port that I'd gotten for my birthday last year beforehand, and I was a bit tipsy and just kind of nervous. But yeah, DeForge was really nice. Uh, yeah, 
He's he's a good man. Yeah, he is. I, I just yeah, his work ethic is just super admirable. I just yeah, I'm trying to beat him currently, like in in a way. I always sort of yeah, I enjoy having someone to compete with. I've always been like that. That pushes me to get more done and he's the current you know sort of golden boy who's getting the most done and, and quality stuff so you know that keeps me going late at night when I'm you know trying to get through like when you more painting you go online and see some drawing of someone in some studded leather coat and yeah like 50 of them and you know his warm up drawings like he posts <laughs> his fucking warm up drawings and it's like god damn it I don't know if his tablet, like he does the tablet stuff, if that's speeding up his process, but he's just pounding stuff out. It seems inhuman. He actually frightens me. And you know he works on Adventure Time too, right? I know. Like, and he works from home with that. Uh, that's that's pretty lucky. I yeah. I got asked to pitch stuff to Frederator recently, and I'm and I'm freaking out about it. And to Forge is as well, so that scares me. So it's like you know, What's I wonder Frederator? who's going to get picked up. Say what? What is that? Uh, it's the production company that makes Adventure Time. Oh, okay. And, you know, a bunch of those cartoons, I don't know. But yeah, they just out of the blue, just like, hey, Simon, we like your weird stoner-based, uh, rapey kind of horrible Megan Mog comics. How would you like to write a cartoon aimed at kids for our new uh, Cartoon Hangover YouTube channel? And I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have a dabble at that, but... Yeah, it's hard. It's hard writing TV shit, and it's really stressful. It's different to writing comics, and... Yeah, I was writing stuff earlier in the year for a, uh, a guy I know at DreamWorks. He was like my writing partner, and he asked me to write stuff. And it's just a real mind fuck trying to write stuff for to pitch to Cartoon Network and stuff. And everything's been done. I don't know. It seems with comics you can get away like with being pastiche and I don't know, not entirely original. But yeah, when you're thinking about <laughs> You're thinking about TV stuff. You really got to like nail those focus groups and think about the demographics and you know how it's going to play over the flyover states and you know it's, yeah. I think about that. Yeah, that too stuff much. too much and it bogged me down. But yeah, I'm waiting to hear back. I got together with Grant, my buddy, and we wrote this weird kind of depressed therapy-based uh, breezy fun cartoon show. But I don't know. <clears throat> it might be a good sign that I haven't heard back for over a month. <laughs> well, why don't, you, the rounds. why don't you tell me about Grant? This is uh, Mr. HTML Flowers. Yeah, uh, he's just my best buddy um, since like 2007. No, we went through music. I don't, I don't know. He's just the coolest dude in the world. Um, just uh, yeah, in 2008, we lived in a garden. I, I lived in his garden shed uh, at his mother's house when I first moved away from Tasmania. We'd met through music and weird touring, and we'd had a lot of very weirdly alcoholic tours and crazy adventures and exploring abandoned buildings and just getting into trouble. And then we lived together and just started this weird little art collective together and uh, rode bikes a lot. And uh, yeah, I guess it was like our own little Fort Thunder kind of thing, basically, just two sort of young dudes obsessed with that kind of stuff and <laughs> just pink, yeah. Nerds and yeah, Fort Thunder without Dan Nadell at your door. Yeah, just a, a poor kind of boofu version. Just uh, yeah, just by us, little small time thing. And yeah, and he's just sort of grown into like I mean, he started drawing around that point. Like he was doing this weird lo-fi folk thing, and I was doing shitty noisy stuff and lots of comics, and we just kind of became best friends. And he started drawing more and. Uh, yeah, now he's just, I don't know, doing pretty well. and uh, he's, he's getting pretty big on Tumblr as well, and he's stick and poke tattoos, and his rap thing he does. Like, you know, he, when I met him, he was doing lo-fi folk, and, but now he's doing this, like, crazy, super upbeat, intense sort of rap thing, kind of like weird, abstract, positive hip-hop, and it's kind of like the best thing in Australia right now, I think, music-wise. I just... I don't know, but I'm biased because I just love Grant and he's my best friend. I mean, we were like platonic boyfriends for a few years back there. <laughs> and yeah, I, I love him. And yeah, I, I don't know, his artwork's really interesting. I just, I yeah, just, he, I mean, I don't, I feel weird talking about it, but he's, he's cystic fibrosis and stuff. Like he just, he has this unique worldview because he's constantly being told he's going to die by these doctors. And, and I that's just. That's where, like, your lungs fill up with fluid? Yeah, it's That's... a debilitating lung disease, so it's like kind of like he's always... Had? Yeah, it's kind of like he's always underwater, 
and he's got to look after his health. He was just in hospital again a couple of weeks, but he's out and he's okay now. And yeah, he's he's doing good. But I, I don't know. He's just the most magical, upbeat person, and just just amazing adventures I've had with him. I love him. I love him to death. Now you guys are working on a project together. Uh, yeah, we're always working on stuff. We had a show a couple of months ago here, which went pretty well, and we've got a show in Madrid next year, like just a paintings and drawings show. And we do a book series together called Inverted Dawn. We've got to get our shit together and do the second one of that. And yeah, we're always just tinkering and hanging out and drinking Slurpees and talking about grand ideas and you know our plans, our business plans. We're big Tumblr businessmen. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo I love that concept, <laughs> but I mean, it's it. Tumblr's worked well for you though, because like you're saying, people want to buy your work. They're yeah, bugging it's, you to print stuff. Um, it's it's yeah, it's ridiculous the the level of fan mail I get, and just like publisher interests. Like I, you know, I've had a lot of publishers contact me interested in the stuff, and it's really surreal and bizarre. Just yeah. Just, yeah. It's just because I'm so far away. I mean, I'm in Australia. I grew up in Tasmania. I've been reading all this shit since I was like 14. And it just has this mythic, kind of far away Land of Oz kind of quality to it. And it seems really hard to make it. And no one in Australia sends stuff to the big publishers in America. Like, I did a quiz of everyone last year. And it's just like everyone's too paranoid. And it just, I don't know. Oh, I'll do it next year. And just this trepidation. So, to me, yeah. It's it, it is interesting. Like I have gotten stuff from Australia. Like Pat Grant sent me a package a couple years ago where he got everyone to kind of give in comics and just sent me this huge package of Australian comics, and it was fantastic work. Oh, there's heaps of shit going on here. It's crazy. But... One of the things yeah. was this giant, um, weird white soft cover uh, thing. It's like the size of a raw. But it's uh, Blood all and Thunder. It's all risographed on the inside? Yeah, that's Lee Ragazzi. I used to live with Lee in uh, Hobart. Lee's awesome. Yeah, he's doing another one of those soon, like a big 300-page one. It's amazing. Like, it's it's well ahead of the curve on all the fucking North American risograph stuff. Yeah, it was, it was a good... I don't have a copy of that because I was in the UK at the time. But, uh, yeah, it's a really nice book. I'm I'm excited about the next one. I, I don't know if the next one's Rizzo'd, actually. It might just be digital printing, but... Yeah, Lee Ragazzi's a cool guy. I used to live with him ten years ago when he was a Christian, and but he was like a weird kind of alcoholic Christian. Like he rebelled against his hippie parents who like lived in a commune and had a heart-shaped purity pool <laughs> in a paddock, and he rebelled and became a Christian in college. And <clears throat> I lived with him and these five Christian guys, and it was kind of a weird time. They all had beards and. The, Lots of wrestling matches and Lee just being depressed and can I just sit in your room and drink this whole bottle of vodka and read your books? I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's in he's in Sydney now. Yeah. Are they very different the scenes between the different cities like Sydney and Melbourne? Yeah, I mean Melbourne's I think the most bustling scene. Like there's there's less stuff in Sydney. And I think there's like, like Rigazzi and Pat Grant and a few other people. There's bunch of people in Melbourne, bunch more. I mean, I mean, I, I'm, I'm mostly into the art comics kind of, you know, young kind of scene. Most of my, most of the people I like, like, do installation art and a lot of, you know, they studied at, you know, the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology, blah, blah, blah. It's coming from more of an art background, so they don't do that many comics, but I don't know. Now, you do have some stuff in print that folks can get, and I'm curious about your choice to go with, uh, do that little mini with space face yeah oh what do you mean well just to uh, do a mini with them because oh mac mac asked me i just i thought mac looked like he was doing a good job I, like his website was really nicely designed like a clean interface and you know he seemed like he was getting some decent people to work with like so i said like, yeah I'll, I'll do that sounds good I'm, I'm doing another book with him right now actually Working on like a sixty-page full-color Megan Meg, uh, Megan Mog thing uh, over summer. Nice. That's my big goal. I'm going to try and get this sixty-page color book finished. I've done it before. My my record is sixty pages of Megan Mog in one month. So I'm going to beat that. 
and, and make more. And yeah, anyway. Yeah, I've got what Gang Bang Bong came out. I mean that. Yeah, the in the third volume. Yeah, but see that yeah that was a bit the fifth page of my comic in both Grant and I's contributor copies was really washed out. Like it's a great book, but like Rizzo wise, like it seemed washed out in places. Like it's washed out in mine too. Yeah, see, I just yeah, I'm worried. Like every copy has this really pale fifth page, but you know whatever. It's still legible. The the vague joke at the end of that comic still vaguely works, so <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah, well, I was in Smoke Signal. <coughs> that was exciting. I liked the piece I did for that as well. It's like a two-pager. I don't know if you saw that, but I liked that. I don't know where my copy is. I, yeah, I still don't have Brooklyn. a copy. I'm paranoid Gabe has forgotten to send me one. And I keep seeing on Facebook he's just crapping on about his trip to Marrakesh and stuff. And I'm like, I think he's forgotten, but I don't want to hassle him and seem like a dick. And, but oh well. <laughs> Can I'll I get, get it eventually. So in the future you've got uh, another book for space face um. yeah well I mean we, we talked off record about stuff before we started this but yeah I, I mean I guess I can say that I'm waiting on contracts from a publisher that uh, there will be a big Megan Mog book coming out soon ish and yeah in March hopefully the second round of Space Face minis like that little mini comic series I was part of the second round of that's going to come out and hopefully my new book will coincide with the release of those Okay. and it's exciting because I, yeah, I just feel like Mac's doing a bang up job and Space Face is kind of cool I picked up the uh, the package of minis at Brooklyn I got the uh, that, that set of five minis in the yeah they're a, nice. a hot little set yeah it's an attractive kinda, addition to any bookshelf. It's kind of crazy just how much different stuff is out there and just seeing um, all these different kind of exciting cartoonists. And I'm curious, with you, you seem to have a really good eye on what's happening right now from your remote location. Yeah, well, it's just through Tumblr, I guess. Uh, I'm just, yeah, trying to... Uh, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm actively trying to, like... I don't, you know, I got, I got message boards, but I try to look at all the comic news websites. I mean, it's like this me pretending I'm an SNL writer or a writer on Conan or something, and I have to, like, get up and, you know, look at the newspaper and kind of, like, well, what's the news today and what are we going to do a truth zone about? So, so you're, yeah. like, the Colbert of comics? Yeah, I guess. I mean, if you want to call me that, you know, I mean... Yeah, I could use that as a soundbite on the back of the Truth Zone book if one comes out. There I is. Mean, well, Santora did the bootleg Truth Zone book. Yeah. Is that sold out now, or has he still got copies? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't have a copy. <laughs> uh, I, I think he's getting sick of making them. He's got, like, a new lady friend and stuff, and he was talking. He, he just wants to start, like, a Wayne's World kind of basement show and stuff. And, uh... Yeah, I, yeah, he, yeah. He was saying something about like I agree with you now about like not self-publishing and just putting stuff online. Like, I th yeah, I think he's sick of stapling together Truth Zone books. Yeah, I could, but, I could yeah. imagine. I've, uh, I've got to put together some zines for an art show I did a couple weeks ago, and I'm not looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, I got, I got sick of it. I mean, I, yeah, I, I just invested in a big shiny new long arm stapler and a, a guillotine and it's like okay I'll go hard and then just like uh, god no I can't be bothered it's too much and I was hand sewing everything and then I get like a metal ruler and a scalpel and I trim all the books by hand and stuff and it just takes a long time Jesus. but yeah I, I've taken a sabbatical recently from self publishing but I am coming back uh, in February next year I'm doing a, an anthology of Australian artists called Victoria Drug Scene I'm really excited about that. It's just like to champion all these Australian artists that I think go unnoticed, and even in the local Australian scene, I think that they're going unnoticed and that they're very obscure. And yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot of divide in the Australian comic scene. I think like just a lot of little scenes that don't really cross over, and you know probably shouldn't because you know what though, it's like that anywhere <laughs> in Vancouver. Yeah, we totally. have we have several different scenes. Here and we're just one small city. We're yeah, not a very big but just city. the isolation in Australia. I think there's a sense though that we should all band together and we should all hang out. But I guess I'm just a jerk in that I like you know think 
you know, I don't like certain things. Like, you know, I did that truth zone about, like, you know, Burzum and Nickelback. Like, you know, they wouldn't go on tour together. Like, <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a curmudgeon-y old, you know, bastard. And I just, I don't know. But, you know, some people just make bad work. I don't know. And just, yeah. I'm trying not to be too mean with truth zone because I'm kind of very critical and, you know, of some things. And, yeah, anyway. <laughs> I'll try not to say anything I regret. <laughs> no regrets. Yeah, I mean, I just did that truth zone the other day about the Australian Comics Journal, which was probably... I, I felt like I should actually get back to being bitchy in truth zone, like I hadn't made a scathing remark for about 20 episodes. So I kind of purposely, like, okay, I'll, I'll make this kind of attack. Like, I mean, it's kind of like hip-hop, something the hip-hop scene. I'm just kind of calling people out and just kind of like, you know, your rhymes are shit, you know. This is kind of busted. What you know? Come on. <laughs> That's, that, I'm fine with that. I like. Uh, I personally like feuds. Yeah, think, me too. Uh, you know, I mean, like, yeah, that, that Bald Eagles feud a, feud a few years ago was fantastic. Like, yeah, I really. And you know what? It. You're not the only person that probably had a feud with him. I'm sure there's about 40 other cartoonists I can list off that. Yeah. <laughs> and I love Victor. He's hilarious. Like. Yeah, he's a he's a larger than life character. But, I mean, yeah, look at the Comics Journal and, you know, I mean, Groth over the years. I mean, you know, there's some of the... Co- yeah. I, I love when you compare the Drawn and Quarterly and the Fanographics Wikipedia entries. And the Drawn and Quarterly one just comes off as this, like, super classy publishing concern. And then Fanographics is just marred by all of these lawsuits and, like, just, like, yeah, shady kind of things. I don't know. They need to do an edit on it. It looks kind of bad. <laughs> Just from the perspective of like my my you know like my girlfriend's parents like just if they read it like they you know they'd look at drawn and quarterly and like oh yeah it sounds like a really great publishing company and then fanographics just looks like it's a bunch of people that live in a shack in the suburbs and you know <laughs> probably deal drugs. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, there was the time where I uh, went to the fanographics store with my friend and. Uh... He wanted to buy. He's buying a stack of Eros stuff from the bargain room, and uh, the uh, the guy at the store, uh, Larry Reed, uh, saw that he was buying Crack Horror, um, <laughs> the Eros comic, and actually took it away. He's like, "Look, I'm in this comic," and okay, and then wouldn't let him buy it because Larry wanted to keep it. <laughs> That's a bit rude. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. We just kind of went, all right, well, you know, there's worse things in life than not being able to buy this particular comic. <laughs> I was I was hoping you were going to say that the Fanographic store so is a front for drugs, though, and you were going to expose that. <laughs> and, uh, all, all the best comic shops in Tasmania were fronts for drugs, like back in the days, uh, Labyrinth, uh, Empire Comics, Electric Adventures. It's a whole... Yeah, I'd I'd like to do a comic one day about the history of these Tasmanian comic shops, just run by weird drug addicts. You make Tasmania sound like. You ever watch Breaking Bad? I love Breaking like, Bad. The neighborhoods where the they're they're selling the meth out of. That's what you yeah, make totally. Tasmania sound like. Or like a Harmony Corinne film or something. It's like Gummo. Yeah. Yeah. Were you the kid with the dead cats? Yes, <laughs> many dead cats. <laughs> But I just, I don't know, Hobart as well, like, there's just this weird sort of bipolar, alcoholic vibe, just everyone was just kind of off a bit, but I mean, I guess it's the scene I hung out in, but just the music scene, I guess, or the art scene, but everyone was just kind of, I don't know, just kind of weird. Well, what do they do, is there work in Tasmania, like, is there some kind of infrastructure, like, what do people, why do people go there? Well, you you just you're born there basically, and you uh, you either die there or you get out. <coughs> no one really goes there. I mean, a few people move there. It's pretty. I mean, if you're rich and you can afford to buy a nice house up in Ferntree on the hills, or you know, beautiful, great place to retire. But yeah, you just you just get born there. It's like any small town. You just get born there, and you need to get out. Mm-hmm. But you know, and, and it's it's nice that there's a little community. There is a tight like arts community and it was pretty fun like I had some good times but uh, yeah it, it does get it claustrophobic and weird it is there's weird scene politics like everyone's a bit crazy and sort of high on, on drama and yeah I don't know Melbourne's the same I mean, Melbourne's this tiny little you know it's it's the same everywhere yeah <laughs> yeah 
Oh, dearie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time to chat with me today, Simon. Oh, that's it? It's been an hour. Oh. Oh really? Oh okay. Yeah, I got to uh, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, I hope this uh, therapy session was uh was helpful. I feel great. I feel grounded right now. Uh Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Th- thank you for having me. It's it's been it's been fun. Uh, I hope that wasn't too rambling. I'll I'll listen back to this later and and wince accordingly. <laughs> um to remind folks, I've been talking to Simon Hanselman and uh you can find his work on girlmountain.tumblr.com and comicsworkbook.tumblr.com uh, under the uh, the Truth Zone strip, as yep. well as now I'm gonna horribly mispronounce this. Aret set ici l'empire de la morte. Uh, I can't sp- I can't pronounce it either. <laughs> from uh, Space Facebooks as well as uh, Gang Bang Bong number three with the sadly faded out fifth page. As yeah, don't said. forget that new smoke signal. And the new smoke signal. Um, oh, and, and I'm in Do- Dopatutu Max 3, a French book from Mismer Editions. It's a Megan Mog in French, and it looks it's a really nice-looking book. Merd. Mm-hmm, indeed. <laughs> Thank you so much, Simon. No, it was a pleasure, Robin. Thank you very much.